Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host and go-to career coach, Kelsey Kemp. You're tuning in to the Job Library series, which is a bingeable collection of interviews with professionals from a vast variety of industries to help you gain the exposure and the insider info you need to find a career path you'll love. If you're excited to live vicariously through people with super cool jobs, then you're in the right place. If you're looking for step-by-step guidance on how you can identify your unique calling and actually land a job that pays you to fulfill it, then go have a blast scrolling through the nearly 50 other episodes of Answer the Call waiting for you below this series. Today, we get to learn all about what it's like to work in the field of nutrition in its many forms. Elena Woolsey, our featured pro on the topic, is a county extension agent in Fort Worth, Texas. She teaches nutrition classes in the community to help its members lead healthier lives. In our conversation, you'll hear Elena share about the many different career paths and specialties you can explore within the field of nutrition, as well as many common misconceptions about this profession and what type of person would be an awesome fit for a job like hers and what she loves and what she less than loves about her job and also what education qualifications are really required to get a job in nutrition and how short-term certification programs differ from a degree in nutrition or furthermore, even getting your clinical dietitian license. And you've got all that to look forward to and so much more. So let's dig right into this conversation with Elena. Elena, I'm so grateful to have you here. I'm really excited to learn about what it's like to have a career path in the field of nutrition. So welcome. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for us to talk about it too. Heck yeah. Then let's dive in. So (laughs) what do you do? Where do you live? And I'd also (laughs) love to hear about a career dream of yours, whether that's big or small. Yeah. So I live in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and I am a county extension agent, which is basically we work for the state of Texas working to better the lives of all Texans is like our pretty much our masthead. And we function in a couple different areas to like better the lives of Texans and horticulture and agriculture and youth development. Um, so I would really love to see the church meet those needs, like nutrition needs and health needs and food needs and really take a step into what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to feed people in lots of different ways. What a dream. Wow. (laughs) I just, I heard like the theme music behind you and this huge flag waving. I don't know what would be on that flag, but I was just very inspired and my mind kind of made that a movie moment. I love that dream so much. I love that vibe. I'm for it. Let's go. Okay. Well, cool. All of a sudden, I just turned that into like Lemus Rob. I don't know. Some like they're one day more. Whole, right. We're like, like sticking me- the flag in like yeah, fast exactly. food restaurant like buildings. Stop this. Yeah. <laughs> for health. Yes. <laughs> cool. I, I mean, I'm like a part time dream consultant. If you ever just want to set it to music and like make it a whole thing, I'm here Absolutely. for it. But, um, <laughs> Back to like the practicals, <laughs> when did you graduate college? Where did you go? And what did you get your degree in? 
Yeah, so I graduated from Baylor University in 2015 with my degree in nutrition. I didn't intentionally set out to be a nutrition. Uh, my dream, I was going to be a journalist, and then I figured out that journalists work their one work a lot and work their butts off. Mm -hmm still don't make a whole lot of money. Um, knew I loved food, so I decided that, okay, I'm going to switch my degree to nutrition and then write recipes for Southern living, and that yeah. way I can combine the two. <laughs> and then somewhere along the way, we figured out that food can transform lives and like it can really change the trajectory of somebody's life. And I fell in love with the way food and nutrition can change lives, nourish lives, and here we are. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. So it sounds like that college pivot really worked out so well and what you saw as a possibility within the field just like really flourished and you uncovered more cool things over time. Mm -hmm. um, what postgrad jobs have you held up until this point? Like what's the career story to date? Yeah. Um, so my first job out of college wasn't much different than this. I actually worked for a grocery store uh, called Natural Grocers. There's a few in Austin, a few throughout the state of Texas. Um, and then I was their nutritional health coach. So I did one-on-one -on -one health coaching. I was their marketing piece, um, or I did the marketing piece locally. And I also did uh, nutrition classes and cooking classes and things like that. And then I got really tired of working retail. And so I switched over to a more public health type space and what I'm doing now. And I'm assuming that allows you a lot more just like steady, regular hours, yes. <laughs> all the highs and lows of retail. <laughs> We've felt it. Most people have. Uh, That's such yeah. a rite of passage working oh in some gosh. sort of retail capacity. <laughs> it is. And you can tell people who haven't like done like one of those like bottom level jobs you're like man these people are the real I mean they're considered essential right now like there's a reason yeah. well how long have you been in your current position two almost three years so not that long I mean that's pretty steady to me <laughs> true it feels it's one of those jobs where they just kind of throw you in the deep end and it's very baptism mm -hmm. by fire and so mm -hmm. I have a loose grip of what I'm doing but I still don't know fully what I'm doing so it feels like a short amount of time. Yeah. What would you call this career path that you're on? Because it's not like one-on-one -on -one nutrition counseling or what, what would you call it versus what you're doing now? Like how would I describe nutritional health coaching versus extension agent? How about this better question? <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. We're pulling it together. What are the different variations or specialties that you could branch out from after you get your degree, if that's even necessary, like yeah. in nutrition? Yeah. And so really, there's a lot of different specialties and there's a lot of different avenues. Um, so most typically people with a nutrition degree, you'll see them become, go on to become a registered dietitian. And that's you, you have the degree, you do a 1200 clinical hour internship and then you sit for a licensure test. And then most often you'll see people go into a clinical setting, whether they're working at a hospital, working at a dialysis uh, clinic or working um, like an eating disorder recovery. So that's more of the clinical side. And then I don't have my registered dietitian license. Um, so I work in more of a community setting and you will find registered dietitians in community health community education, but I just don't have mine. And so mm -hmm. we have 
clinical and community, and then you'll sometimes find uh, corporate dietitians or corporate nutritionists who work with wellness, um, the wellness department in a corporation, they'll work with HR, or they'll set up their own consulting agency and do the same thing, but for themselves rather than for a specific corporation. Then you'll also have nutritionists or registered dietitians working in the school setting. So um, looking at the different foods that the schools can bring in, doing the lunch plans, things like that. And then you also have them working in food service for a hospital, again, for a school. And then you'll also have nutritionists working for corporations and doing like meal calculations, like how many calories, fat, uh, sugar, whatever. Like um, to put the depressing stats on the food menus. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, like I remember seeing a nutritionist for a registered dietitian for Whataburger. So oh yeah, they're like what a healthy place. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Nutritionists are still needed, whatever the food type (laughs) is. So how I'm just curious how you settled on the community oriented path. Uh, is that commonly aligned with your job title of extension agent, or can you kind of hold a, def- a bunch of different titles? For community, you can hold a lot of different titles, um, but most often you'll see like wellness coordinator, community health educator, like health and community and nutrition are typically somewhere in your title. Um, I settled on community because I love people and I knew that I wanted to make nutrition and healthy food accessible for low income people um, or people who are living in a lower socioeconomic status or really just wanted to reach the people who needed that critical nutrition information to give themselves a foundation, a better foundation to stand on and make their lives easier and healthier. Gosh, that's so cool. You, excuse me. Let me repeat that. That's so cool. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to leave that in to be awkward. This is real life. Um, So um, I would just love to go ahead and take the chance to dig in a little bit more about how do you actually accomplish that? I guess that the question in there is like, what tasks are Um, your responsibility centered on. So you're actually accomplishing that mission of reaching out to the community and providing nutritional help. Yeah. So I, as a county extension agent, my chief task and chief goal is to be in the community and teach nutrition classes. So a lot of my classes are focused on chronic disease. So, uh, and they're titled things like cooking well with healthy blood pressure or cooking well with diabetes or um, just tasks or titles like that. And my goal is to teach a short lesson and then do a healthy cooking demo. And that's my favorite thing to do. Um, cause I really do believe that people know how to eat healthy. Like they know I'm supposed to eat my vegetables, eat my fruits, nothing fried, you know, whatever, but they're afraid to invest the money, um, yeah. in foods that they don't know that they like foods that they don't know how to cook. So I try and build that bridge and say like, okay, today we're going to make eggplant and here's how you pick a good eggplant. Here's what a good eggplant looks like. And here's a tasty recipe. So really providing a low risk, high reward environment for people um, to help them reduce their chances of chronic disease, mitigate that chronic disease, and then also provide them with practical, tangible ways to take that lesson home with them. 
That is so cool. Yeah, I I so believe that in many, many different circumstances in life, people know what the right thing to do is. It's just there's something understandable stopping them from doing that because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of tough choices or yeah. um, like things to learn about. And uh, that would, as you say, like bridge that gap. So that's so neat. What are the other activities that surround that? I'm assuming I'm you're probably in like curriculum development and planning the class and showing up and actually conducting it. <laughs> but what other responsibilities do you have? Yeah. So you mostly nailed it. Um, so I have to find my own audiences and then market my class and do the class and then do the dishes. And we also work a lot in volunteer recruitment. So getting people um, to do all of those things, but in their own space and their own capacity and a lot of my yes curriculum development um we have a robust curriculum stack as it is but we're always uh going through and correcting and adding on and changing and shifting as needed and then a lot of my job falls under other duties as assigned so yes my my goals are teaching classes reaching people whatever but then the agency has other goals that i am liable to do so and um, no two days really look the same, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. I, how do you actually market the <laughs> classes to get people to come? Because I know for sure, at least in my profession, I think many people find themselves as unexpected marketers because they have to actually coordinate <laughs> the consumer coming to the service they're providing. So how do you feel about that and how do you actually accomplish it? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because that's exactly, uh, yes, I stumble through marketing. It's so true. It just like struck a chord. <laughs> yeah. Like if I could name the biggest struggle of like the, the past four years being postgraduate, whatever, it's they did not teach me how to market anything. So as people are like mm-hmm. posting, here's some great steps how to market yourself or market your class or whatever, I'm like avidly clicking through those links and subscribing to Google think pieces about how to market better. And so I'm not going to say I'm really great at it, but, um, I had a mentor years and years ago. And I asked her, I was like, how do you be successful? Um, she's actually a registered dietitian for the stars, the Cowboys and the Rangers. And I asked her, I was like, how'd you get here? She was like, I said, yes. Like I said, yes, for a long time. And I kept saying yes until I couldn't say yes anymore. Uh, so that's been an easy way for me to build my, I wouldn't necessarily say marketing platform, but my networking platform is I keep yeah. saying yes to opportunities. So that way I have this robust network of people that I can send a flyer to and the people just come. So I'm not going to say I'm great at Instagram marketing, Facebook invent marketing or anything like that. I've just kept saying yes to people and to events and slowly but surely that brand recognition and that name recognition has gotten out and it's been moderately successful. That's so awesome. Seriously, I, if I could relate on this topic at all, I have learned that there is no one right way. There's just mm-hmm. a lot of good ways. Yeah. And you really just have to put your focus into one of them, like decide and go for it and go long, deep and consistent 
Absolutely. in that space. And then you'll see a payoff. I think a huge fallacy that I bought into is that there's like one way and one secret that I just haven't discovered yet. Absolutely. So I was trying a billion different things. And right. really, it's like you're saying, just you've picked your strategy, um, just like building rapport and getting uh, exposure and building your yeah. network. And then just do that. Yeah. Just keep on going for it. It'll work. <laughs> it pays off. <laughs> so right. cheers to being unexpected marketers. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be my new like LinkedIn tag. Unexpected marketer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, man, it, listeners of this podcast have heard this theme in quite a few of these interviews and maybe might be encouraged to go get some marketing training or if right. they're in college, just like slap on a minor. I don't know. I, I wish I Although had. I have my own opinions about, I don't, I'm not, I think marketing techniques evolve so quickly. Yeah. Typically, college curriculum doesn't always catch up to it. Yeah. And it's more focused on corporate. But anyway, that's my two cents, which I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> so what do you think the, well, what's the career progression ahead of you? Like, what do you see yourself growing into in this space? Um, so by and large, I like to keep the viewpoint that it's all to be determined. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like to see myself move into more of a management role, into a curriculum development role. Um, I love teaching. It does get exhausting, but I, so, but I do love it. So somewhere more in development rather than nitty gritty teaching day in and day out. Hey there, if you're listening to this episode right now, it's probably because you're somewhere in the range of mildly curious to hikey desperate to get out of analysis paralysis and into a job that will be an exciting and rewarding fit for you and your unique talents, values, and interests. Which, by the way, I'm here to help you do just that in record time. If we haven't met yet, I'm Kelsey Kemp, a career coach specialized in helping Christians discern their unique calling and practically land a job that pays them to fulfill it so you could have an impactful and meaningful career. Trust me, I get it. Picking a singular career path out of the sea of options, then making a potential industry pivot to get into that line of work can be insanely daunting. That's why I created the Deep Dive Career Coaching Program to walk you through nailing down each step from discerning your calling to finding the exact job title that aligns with it, then getting hired for that position with confidence and speed with me by your side as your personal career concierge from start to finish. This two-month one-on-one career coaching program includes individual career coaching sessions with me, the library of guides and workbooks I've created for you to propel you further and faster to your goal between sessions, as well as unlimited support from me in between sessions to help you nail all the practicals like your networking messaging and strategy, your resume, your interviews and negotiations, which will save you a load of time, stress and dead end job applications. If all of that sounds like a dream to you, then I want to formally invite you to apply for my deep dive private career coaching program. Go to my website, kelseykemp.com slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to objectively evaluate if this opportunity is the perfect fit to help you work through your unique challenges and achieve your highest goals so you could fulfill the vision and hopes that God has put on your heart for your career. I only work with people who are ready to go deep, 
do the work and actually make a change once the path is made clear to them. So if that sounds like you and you're ready to accelerate your path to building an impactful and meaningful career aligned with who God made you to be and what you put on your heart to do, then go to kelseykemp.com forward slash coaching to learn more and book a free 30 minute consultation with me this week to get started. Okay, now back to the episode. So I know that you said no two days really look Mm -hmm. alike, and that could be a huge appeal to a lot of people um, who like a bit of variety because it sounds like some days you're sitting in an office and you're working on the admin kind of stuff. Other days you might be on site somewhere teaching a class in front of the people that you care to serve and all that. But what are some... I don't know if you want to like describe a week. <laughs> what does a typical week look like? Cast the That's net fair. a little bit broader. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So someday I will I'll be in my office. I'll um, make a grocery list for like Wednesday and maybe go to the grocery store and teach a class that afternoon. Next morning I'll be. So with extension, you have to take especially if you're cooking demos, you have to take every single piece of equipment with you. Um, so every single spoon, every single spatula, every single bowl that you think you will need, you have to take with you. So I do spend a lot of time like making a packing list and working through logically, how am I going to do this recipe demo? Um, so what steps do I need to take beforehand, like mise en place almost, or put things in place before I actually go to a site um, teach a class come back, do dishes, sit on a conference call about a curriculum um, or another project that I've been tasked with. And then the next day I'll sit in on a meeting with community partners or um, another like task force that I'm on. And then on Friday, I typically try and save it for admin work. So we have to do a lot of reporting. So doing reports, sitting in on my immediate office staff uh, meetings and talking with my director and just more inner office stuff on Fridays. But it's a, there's a wide variety each and every day. So. Mm. Well, well, that's fun. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess for people like us, right. <laughs> others, there are other episodes for you if you're listening and you're like, but I like consistency. <laughs> Whatever. Right. And I'm consistently inconsistent. Which it, I do enjoy it. Like it's a whole lot of fun. Every day is an adventure, which some days I hate, but a lot of lot of days I love it. So, well, that's what matters, I guess. <laughs> so here's one. What are some common misconceptions about working in the field of nutrition? Oh, okay. So I immediately thought of two. You're like, I got two right quick. (laughs) I love that. It's like so visceral. (laughs) Because these are the two that I come across most often. Um, And one is that I have it all together, that I eat all of my steamed vegetables every day. All of my, you know, like my diet is just stacked and I get it right. I don't. Um, This is one, this is Texas. I love barbecue. I love like unhealthy food too. Um, so, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we all said amen. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> which leads me into number two is that I don't like 
the myth is that I care what you eat, that I'm looking at your plate and judging what you're eating because I'm not like that's one. That's not my space. Um, two, I have a lot of, there's a lot, there's so much grace for diet and food and your relationship with food and how you feel about what you're eating. And there's whole, um, like not industries, but arenas dedicated to your relationship with food and how it relates to your body and how you move through the spaces and the psychological, you know, effects of your relationship with food. And so I'm not watching what you're eating. I'm not judging you. I'm not shaming you for what you're eating. As long as you're enjoying it and you feel happy and you feel good about your decision, you get all aces for me. So yeah we're all good let's just yeah. all be chill exactly. we're just having like a friend night yes wherever yes. i don't care right yeah that's really interesting i mean any others or is it just kind of those top two those are the those are the two that i really think that i hit most often no yeah those are about it can you tell i just love the drama of this question yes. and so i like really tease it out like, please more Please, more misconceptions. <laughs> I just love, you know, like cold hard facts. Right. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Okay. Wow. <laughs> Calm down. Um, what do you enjoy the most about your job and what's a little bit less glamorous? Um, what do I enjoy most? Um, I love food and I love talking about food and I love connecting with people over food. So in some of my classes, I'll ask like, okay, what's your favorite food? Like, what do you enjoy eating? And then we bring in the nutrition side and um, pivoting saying like, okay, so how can we make this like a normal Tuesday meal? So one time I was teaching a class and they're like, my favorite food is fried chicken and mac and cheese. I was like, okay, awesome. I love those things too. Let's, so how can we pivot um, so you can eat it on a Tuesday night if you wanted to. And I think the least glamorous side, and this goes back to when I was a one-on-one health coach, um, talking about poop is the least glamorous thing. What? Yes. What on earth? Yeah, because so your digestive tract is this miles long organ inside your body, and it tells you a lot about what your diet's like. Is it working for you? Is it not working for you? Um, so you can tell a lot by your poops. And I hated talking about it every single time. <laughs> and there oh gets to be a point where you're like desensitized to asking about poop a little bit. But I still hated it. I was like, okay, here's my least favorite question. Here we go. But it, oh, my least favorite. I'm personally triggered by this because <laughs> <laughs> my mom fosters cats. That's like after her full-time job, she just is working in the community to... I don't know, help cats all over the city and all this stuff. And the number one measurement of a young cat's health is just their poop. And so my family, my dad, my poor dad, he was like, Kimberly, (laughs) can we just have one dinner where we're not talking about how your day went as told by poop? Stop. Stop. (laughs) it's so miserable um but you know god bless her she has a calling to care for these little animals i just really wish that their number one health indicator wasn't poop so i'm with you in that (laughs) (laughs) okay well let's say you are sitting down with a friend who's like Mm -hmm. elena 
I'm thinking about going into nutrition. Should I? Should I not? What's your advice? And I'm curious about how you would fill in the blanks to a statement like, if you like ABC and you're okay with this, this, and this, then you'll love working as a nutritionist. And I could actually recommend you <laughs> as a fit for this. Um, I would answer that as far as like, if you love food and connecting with people in a lot of different settings and a lot of different um, like cultural settings as well as physical settings, and you don't mind being on your feet for long hours and then sometimes working odd hours, that you would love being a nutritionist and working in the nutrition field in general. Hmm. Okay. I have a little devil's advocate question. Okay. So if some youngin is like, <laughs> I like food. Mm-hmm. I don't mind working odd hours. I like connecting with people. Mm-hmm. What if they were like, what if I want to go and start a food truck or work in a restaurant or be more on the like cooking side of things? Yeah. What's the differentiator? And also, I guess, what's more detail on what someone likes about food and how that dictates what line of work they might be a good fit Mm -hmm. for? Because you could just like to eat it. You could like to make it. You could like to tell people about it. You could like the science behind it. Yeah. What's your opinion on all that? Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good question. And there's a subsect of dietitians or nutritionists who have gone to culinary school and they're like culinary medicine dietitians. They really dive into how, like really how to cook food well and how it benefits your life. I think the difference would be how you want to serve people. Like, do you want to serve people by serving them some bomb mashed potatoes or do you want to encourage them to make a lifestyle change and show them like, Hey, for sure you can totally eat. Um, mashed potatoes, but roasting them and then pairing them with maybe some like Brussels sprouts or something else healthy, like another healthy vegetable um, can also benefit your life. So where do you want to see, where do you get your joy from? Is it something you did or is it something you provided? Mm. I guess that's how I would differentiate that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, thanks for breaking that down a little bit more because yeah. I find um, that a lot of people looking to figure out what their best career fit is, they're um, still using statements. I mean, we're all just trying our best here, but still using statements from um, times like high school and college where you're just like, oh, I don't know, I really like video games. Should I yeah. go into video game development? But what about it? Do you like the coding, design, or the story writing, or color theory, a lighting designer? Like, what about it? And so um, I always love hearing someone who's already in the field break down, well, what exactly do you have to like about this realm of interest to be a satisfying fit for this profession, really? So I appreciate your thoughts on that. Um, what educational or experiential qualifications are required to get a job in nutrition? Um, and it seems like you could go a step further with getting the, I'll just let you answer that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So for nutrition, most often you will find people who have a degree in nutrition or public health um, or, or some variation of those two most often. Um, and sometimes it's a graduate degree in one of those two areas. Um, and then if you want to go more of a clinical licensed route, you'll find people who have, you'll have to do the 1,200-hour internship sit for licensure tests, and then you'll have to go get a graduate degree, not necessarily in nutrition, but in, you'll have to get a graduate degree in something. You'll see some who have their MPH, some who have their MBA, some who have an entrepreneurship degree, like graduate degree is wide open. Um, but yeah, so uh, degree, and then if you want to go clinical, you have to do the internship, and that's about it. I'm curious for someone who might be midway into their career or at least any stage past college, and maybe they're just really not interested in going back to college, <laughs> but they're interested in the field of nutrition and wellness. Mm -hmm. What are some roles that they might be able to get into with minimal education? That's a good question. Because um, I actually field these questions really often. We're about to get a little controversial. Um, <laughs> Give me your hot take. <laughs> Give it. <laughs> I'm like back in the drama. <laughs> right? You're like, wait. <laughs> My ears just picked up. Um, so there's like government nutrition, which is what I did. That's what a typical like bachelor's degree or master's degree in nutrition is. And then you'll find like alternative nutrition. So these are the people who did like the six-week nutrition course online or um, – some people, there's like a six-month degree or a degree of certificate um, for alternative nutrition, and they'll cover, I like to call them, they're alternative, yes, but they're also complementary. Um, they just look at a different side of nutrition, a different, like, they look at nutrition from a different view, a different lens. Um, I haven't, to be quite honest, I haven't found or seen a way to get into the governmental to be the government side of nutrition other than getting some kind of degree and putting in the work. Um, mm -hmm. Because the, the goal is if you're wanting to look into nutrition, there's specific um, classes that you need to take to get there. So it's not just eat an apple and your life will be better. It's if you have chronic kidney disease, here's what you can eat and what you can't eat because there's very specific clinical values that you need to be aware of to make those decisions. Because um, what we eat really does affect how we feel and, our, and clinical cases or chronic cases, it affects lab values and mm -hmm. um, people's lives sometimes. So yeah. it really depends on what your end goal is. Um, if you are wanting to work for a company or for an agency, you'll most likely have to go back to school and go get a degree. If you don't necessarily want to do that, if you're just like, I love nutrition, um, I really love food, and you might want to open like a one-on-one -on -one consulting agency where you work one-on-one -on -one with people, um, you can typically get away with one of the complementary alternative nutrition certificates or programs. So, yeah. Well, here's a fun bonus question to round it all out. 
Um, what is one of the biggest lessons you've learned in your career thus far? <laughs> that was a really good whistle. I might have to have you teach me how to whistle. I can't. I guess understanding where people are coming from and learning not to take things personally because people, people, food, food is personal to everybody. We all eat, we all have our own specific relationships with food Um, and people will get fired up if you tell them something that they don't want to hear. Or most often I've come into contact with people who I didn't answer their questions correctly for them Um, and they get mad. So I would say not to take things personally because, I mean, as with a lot of the things that we're seeing right now, it, you have your own opinions about things. If somebody comes against those opinions, your brain literally starts going into fight or flight mode. So if I start telling you, man, the way you feel about food, think about food, the way what you think is healthy or what have you is wrong, they immediately start engaging with you like I'm an enemy. Um, mm-hmm. So just recognizing like we all have different perspectives and that's okay. Yeah. I'm sure that you have to approach your conversations with a huge amount of understanding and communicating that, not just feeling it, communicating it like, Hey, it's totally understandable that you would want to pick that or you might relate on things to just let them know it's totally okay. But if you wanted to consider these different results, like this is one way to do that. Um, Yeah, I'm sure. I, I mean, we've all felt how personal food is. And with any suggestion that affects someone's daily life or any suggestion, really, <laughs> I've also learned, yeah, you have to be like, hey, it's all good where you're coming from. All yeah, good. Like, I mean, if you want it, here you go. <laughs> exactly. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of, if you want it, here it is. If you don't, well, that's okay, too. Sometimes. <laughs> Also, here it is. Yeah, really, also. (laughs) Just take this home. It'll be okay. Revisit when you need to. Well, I am very grateful for you sharing your perspective and giving me and the listeners a peek into what it's like to work in the field of nutrition and lots of laughs as well. (laughs) (laughs) This has been so fun. So thank you so much. Absolutely. I enjoyed being here and talking to you, Kelsey. If anything about the career path featured in this episode piqued your interest, don't stop here. Take what you've learned, critically examine any follow-up questions you might have, and network to your heart's content to get the answers that you'd like, as well as make meaningful contacts with professionals in that industry that might be able to help you get your foot in the door. If you have a friend who would love all the detailed insider info shared in this episode, don't forget to pass this episode along to them so we could create a network of people who are empowered with the information they need to confidently make satisfying career decisions that allow them to serve in the station in society they were meant for. Thank you to everyone who has supported this labor of love known as the job library by leaving a rating and a written review of this podcast. It sincerely makes all the difference to a budding podcast like this one. 
If you'd like to support the show, just join in by tapping the stars to leave a really quick rating and better yet, write a few words to leave a written review and subscribe. I hope you enjoy the other Bingeable episodes now available to you in the Job Library series and tune in next Tuesday for a fresh batch of interviews with professionals in fascinating, unique, and influential positions. See you soon.